It's November 29th, 2018. This is Acacia Thompson from Brooklyn Public Library's Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories. I'm here today at Kingsland Wildflowers in Greenpoint with Willis Elkins, Executive Director of Newtown Creek Alliance and Co-Chair of the Newtown Creek Superfund Site Community Advisory Committee and all-around waterfront advocate. Hi, Will. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so how long have you been in Greenpoint and uh, how long have you been with NCA? Uh, I moved to Greenpoint in 2007 and I started uh, working for Newtown Creek Alliance in 2013. Okay, and so restore, reveal, revitalize uh -huh. is the motto of NCA. So can you sort of talk about the mission of NCA? Yeah, so those sort of um, three facets, the reveal is really about um, education and uh, bringing more people to the creek and understanding the issues that are there and coming to understand it as a local water body for the neighborhoods that surround it, like Greenpoint and Long Island City, um, Masspeth, Ridgewood, Bushwick. And, um, and so that's the reveal. It's a really um, important issue for us because there's so limited access to the waterway. Um, Could you tell us where currently there is access? So currently there's only, um, well now, as of summer 2018, there's now three access points, but they're all located very near the mouth of the creek. Um, so there's the Manhattan Avenue Street End Park uh, in Greenpoint, which opened in 2008. There's the Newtown Creek Nature Walk um, by the treatment plant that opened in 2007. And then this past summer, um, there is the development near the mouth of the creek. So there's the Hunters Point South uh, Park, which opened in 2018, the summer, and then Greenpoint Landing, which is a private, private public uh, access point, is just at the mouth and that also opened summer 2018. So, but most of the, all those spots are within the first mile of the creek, so the back two and a half miles um, are really devoid of, of official access points. There's areas where we've been trying to uh, improve some of these. There's a couple of street end sites that were former bridge crossings that have been abandoned for many years and used as dumping areas and all sorts of other stuff. And um, so we've been trying to clean those up, remove debris, remove some of the invasive plants, do light landscaping, uh, and turn those into informal access points. Uh, ultimately, we hope that those become more, the city or the state would invest more in those access points um, to make them nicer and uh, you know, help with maintenance and planting and things like that. So that's the reveal is that education, doing tours, uh, working in the classroom, we've developed this Newtown Creek curriculum, and then also trying to bring people out uh, to the creek itself. The other part is the uh, restore, and um, that also deals a little bit with some of the street and stuff, so thinking about uh, the creek as an ecosystem and what was here um, originally and what we see wanting to come back with improvements to water quality, and eventually as the Superfund cleanup advances, we'll have more um, wildlife coming back to the creek. Um, the problem is that so much of the landscape has changed, uh, it can be hard for the wildlife to sustain. So we're interested in, in trying to bring back uh, natural functions of the creek uh, where it's feasible. It's very difficult because of the, um, uh, the strong industrial character and nature uh, of the waterway and the surrounding areas. Uh, but there's, there's spots where we wanna see salt marsh restoration, shoreline restoration. Uh, and so we've been very proactive on that. And then the last part is the revitalize. And 
that that means a couple different things. One is it it actually refers to our interests, even though we have a strong environmental focus. We also are very supportive of the uh, of the industrial uh, uses uh, of the waterway and surrounding the waterway. So we fully appreciate the value of having um, this job center that's in the middle of New York City and that helps provide a lot of critical functions uh, for running the city, things like dealing with waste, uh, storing materials, distributing materials, and uh, there's been a lot of pressure in recent years on these industrial spaces um, as the city continues to grow and, and areas around it gentrify uh, around the creek. So we're very supportive of of the industrial businesses here, and we want to work with them to make their operations um, more efficient and also have less environmental impact. Um, so we have sort of a unique position of trying to uh, have benefits for environmental sake, have benefits for uh, people that are living uh, around the areas, and then benefits for the businesses that are here as well. And the creek is a is a large area, so we feel that there's great opportunity for all the three of those to coexist. Right. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit more about the education that you provide to different groups of people in the neighborhood and how you get them out on the water? Sure. So lots of different ways. There's uh, the sort of bread and butter of, of NCA for many years has been tours. And so that uh, includes walking tours. Um, our historian Mitch Waxman leads a huge chunk of those. He works with Newtown Creek Alliance, works with other organizations as well to bring more people in. And so walking around certain areas of the creek, talking about the rich industrial history, talking about the current problems and the possibilities uh, going forward. Uh, we do on-water stuff as well. So we have over the years done uh, what we call big boat tours. So our chartering out um, ferries and whatnot to, to bring out large, large groups of people at a time for tours. We've also partnered uh, in recent years with the North Brooklyn Boat Club to do uh, canoe tours on the creek as well. Um, we, the other part of the education is the, the curriculum uh, that we developed this year. And so uh, we've done a lot of work in the past with the schools, and this year we really formalized it with the Greenpoint Art Eco Schools, developed a curriculum for their students. So as they're learning about natural sciences, they're specifically studying Newtown Creek and learning about the history of uh, the economic boom, the Industrial Revolution, uh, a lot of the pollution that, that resulted from that, um, the ecosystem um, that is here. And so we think that's a great opportunity so that when people are thinking about marine biology, they don't have to think of you know the coral reefs or somewhere far away. Uh, they can look to the, uh, an area that's, that's really close to them uh, to learn some of these concepts. So that's uh, sort of the gist you know, of our uh, educational. And tell me about the floating dock. Oh, yeah. So we have, uh, there's other smaller projects we've done over the years. One is the living dock. And so we built one. Uh, we got funding through GSEF to build one in 20, my years get mixed up here, 2015. Okay. And, um, and so that's still in the water, and it's over uh, near the treatment plant in a small little inlet. And uh, so it's a, it's a wooden dock and it floats in the water and rises and falls with the tides. And it's built so that it has um, uh, habitat mixed in with it. So uh, places for uh, the native saltmarsh grasses that surrounded the area are growing within the dock. And then also other uh, smaller habitats that provide a lot of benefit for 
uh, small fish and other marine wildlife like crabs and shrimp and things like that. So for us, it's been one, it actually creates some net benefit environmentally by creating habitat. And the grasses are also providing um, benefit by removing nutrients and putting oxygen to the water. Um, but it's also been an, an educational tool uh, so that we can actually document a lot of the, the wildlife that's here and we're able to bring people to the dock uh, and show off, show that, you know, have them see the wildlife directly. So it's been, uh, been successful. We built a second one this summer, 2018, and it is in the, in the back of the creek in English Kills. And um, it's less... Uh, is anything alive in there? Yeah, so it's less designed for, for educational purposes because it's not in an accessible spot. It's on a, a, tied to a private property um, who is very excited about us having it there. Um, so it's not, doesn't have that same component of us bringing people there, but um, it, does, it is providing environmental benefit. And it actually has, it's mostly outfitted with the, with the grasses. So we're trying to um, see how well they'll do back there. And so far, so good. Um, but also, you know, knowing that those are going to have some benefit in actually cleaning the water. Um, so we'll, you know, now that we have two different docks, we can also sort of compare them uh, in the years to come to see how, how they differ in terms of, of what wildlife is attracted to it, um, how well the grasses are growing, things like that. So what are NC's biggest concerns right now, uh, challenges with the creek or behaviors of certain industries or city city agencies? Uh, that's a big question. So, you know, there's a couple, in terms of pollution, there's, there's two main issues that, you know, are primary concern for the creek. One is the, the chemical contaminants that um, have either, in some cases, been there for over 100 years or um, are even still being introduced to the creek. And so the Superfund process is overseen by the EPA, and that's, that's really about the uh, understanding those, what chemicals are there, and then coming up with a plan to, to address them. Uh, we hope that includes removal of as many chemicals as possible. So that's a big concern because there are, at the bottom of the creek, we have this, you know, layer of sediment, 10 to 15 feet um, thick that is filled with the past 150 years of, of uh, industrial contaminants. And so these are really nasty things, uh, chemicals like PCBs and PAHs and heavy metals, and they cause uh, harm to... Uh, any living thing that's exposed to that. So that includes the wildlife. So we know that the fish um, are being exposed to these, the crab, uh, you know, anything that's living in the sediment, the birds, other forms of wildlife here. Um, so it can cause, you know, health impacts, birth defects, things like that. Um, it also is a concern for humans. So if you're interacting with the sediments or you're consuming fish or crab, uh, you're also being exposed to these carcinogenic um, uh, compounds which can cause you know cause cancer and, and other uh, health issues for humans so that's a big it's a big concern and it um, it needs to be addressed it's going to be addressed through the Superfund so we've been very active uh, in that process uh, Superfund is a very long process for us we have a large creek is a large area to cover there's some really complicated uh, I don't know conditions in terms of how the chemicals are are moving or how they are interacting with the with the environment as a whole. So it's taken a while to really understand all of that. Um, so that's one we anticipate. You know, Superfund 
uh, a remediation being complete within 15 to 20 years. Um, and, you know, ideally to a point where you won't have to worry about coming in contact with the sediment, coming in contact with uh, or consuming wildlife and things like that. Hopefully, you know, that's our goal. Uh, the, other, the other major pollution source um, uh, is our sewer system. And so we have, uh, we suffer greatly from what's known as combined sewer overflow, which is essentially when it rains in places like New York City, uh, the sewer system gets overwhelmed and you get untreated sewage and stormwater being discharged to the creek. So we have uh, over a billion gallons of untreated sewage discharged every year into the waterway. Here's like this year, 2018, we're really wet, a lot of rain, so we had even more sewage being discharged. And when it's going into a, uh, a narrow body of water uh, that in many places has, has little uh, movement of the water, there's not a lot of circulation, uh, it creates huge um, environmental harm um, and, and impacts to the water quality. So again, it makes it hard for, for wildlife to survive if you're, having, if you're dumping sewage in there throwing the ecosystem out of balance, low oxygen, things like that. And, and on the other end, it also makes it uh, an issue, a human health uh, hazard. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be swimming in a place where they've just dumped uh, millions of gallons of sewage. So um, the city has, a, has, has been working on this. They have a plan that was approved uh, this year by the state. And so it's going to include a reduction, about a 65% reduction in the amount of sewage going into the creek. Um, which is good, we're encouraged by it. We obviously wanna see that closer to 100%. Um, it is gonna take a while, about 25 years, for the plan to be complete. Um, but it is, you know, it's an important start. So we're always, you know, on both those ends, pushing for stronger, uh, you know, stronger protocols in place and measures um, from the agencies uh, and the responsible parties to, to make sure that uh, the creek doesn't have chemical contaminants or sewage-related contaminants. And the other thing I mentioned as well is that there are still ongoing sources of pollution. So in some cases, that's like a former oil storage site upland, and they have oil that's seeping into the waterway. So that's still an issue in certain areas of the creek. So we've been trying to work more uh, with the, the appropriate agencies to get those addressed so there's no longer things seeping in to the waterway. And then illegal dumping still happens, and that's something we spend a lot of time out on the water, um, monitoring and reporting and um, trying to prevent, but it still happens. What was the most recent dumping situation? Um, most recent, well this year there was a couple, I need to check on one of them. There was a couple instances of, of just straight dumping of uh, waste materials. So um, one street in in Greenpoint, someone had uh, dumped many trash bags filled of what looks like construction demolition debris. Uh, so like bricks and drywall and stuff like that. And so it was basically dumped at the street end. So some of that seems like it fell into the waterway. Uh, and there was another one over in Mazpeth where someone, uh, there's like 50 or 60 tires that someone dumped onto the banks. So that one I need to go check in on. Um, but you know, we work with, you know, certain agencies are, are more receptive and, and helpful with that sort of stuff. In other instances, the creek is a low priority citywide. You know, if someone dumped 60 tires in Central Park, you know, that would get cleaned up pretty quick. But uh, dumping it, you know, on a 
you know, empty shoreline and industrial mass path, um, it's hard to get the, you know, resources from the city to, to treat that the way it should be treated. So, um, I don't know, those are two recent ones. We've seen others with, you know, pipes discharging stuff that, you know, in some cases is, is unintentional. Um, you know, there could be a, a property upland who assumes that all their piping in their building is connected to where it should be going, and in fact it's not. It's going out to the creek or someone dumping stuff on the street, and that pipe is not going to the sewer, and it's going directly into the creek. So uh, every year we find, you know, it's less and less. The past three or four years we've been keeping really close track of, of all the sort of instances of, of pollution. And, um, you know, the more we do it, ideally the less there is right. going forward. Um, so I, I do feel overall like we've made some progress there, but it's still something that takes a lot of uh, diligence on, on our part to, to keep an eye out and, and, I don't know, work with the agencies on. Well, you're on a, it's a waterway, and it separates mm -hmm. Brooklyn and Queens. So how has it been to work with the different entities around the creek on either side because they are different municipalities mm -hmm. and tr certainly treated as separate sections of the city. So have you found challenges in trying to unify all those? Absolutely. It's a big issue because you have um, two different boroughs. You have all these different, you know, four different city council districts. And, um, you know, so the amount of elected officials is, is pretty tremendous. And then it's also hard to, it's been difficult to get uh, you know, a cohesive, a strong leader for the creek overall because not no one person has jurisdiction over the whole thing, so to speak. So we, you know, we've had good relationships with uh, city council and, and some of the New York state representatives as well, but um, it's difficult when you're trying to think about it comprehensively. And then with the agencies too, it can be, it can be a challenge because you know, there's a whole other department of, of DOT that's working on the Queen side versus the Brooklyn side. So if you have a good relationship with one or the other, you have to do that twice to, you know, to, to make progress. So it's a big issue. And then the other aspect of that, too, is that you have these, uh, you have these different neighborhoods. You know, Greenpoint, East Williamsburg, Bushwick, Ridgewood, MassPath, uh, and all of Long Island City, which includes Sunnyside and Blissville. Uh, there can be big differences between those neighborhoods and, and some of those neighborhoods have, have more connection either physically or, and or mentally to the creek and so that, that has been a challenge for us as well as trying to have a really unified community um, fighting for the creek when everybody has their own little pocket that you know may only concern them or you know these other issues don't seem like it's a big issue for them. So, uh, so yeah, it is, it's a challenge for us, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the, you guys came up with a, a vision, a plan mm -hmm. for what the creek could be. Could you talk about a couple of the ideas that you guys really really strong about for, for the creek? Yeah, so we worked with uh, Riverkeeper on coming up with this, with a vision plan, the idea being that we're gonna have uh, these cleanups, super fun cleanup, and the sewer infrastructure uh, happening over the next 15, 25 years. And what can we do beyond just 
remediating the toxins or preventing sewage from going in? What are the other opportunities for, uh, for recreation, um, for restoration, for resilience um, that we can do? So we spent about a year um, putting together this, this plan and it was influenced by, we had uh, community visioning events, uh, we did outreach to various stakeholders, and we also built upon a lot of the uh, ideas and projects that NCA and other groups have been working on uh, around the creek for many years. And some, there was, was 85 projects in the plan. And some of them are things that are, um, uh, that are happening. Um, so we talk about like, for, for instance, the expansion of the Newtown Creek Nature Walk that's been on the books for many years. Uh, it's just been delayed, and so we include that in our vision because that's part of what we want to see. But then there's other, you know, other, and, and then other ideas about maybe some of these street ends we've been working on. So really thinking through what a what a better design of that street end would look like, uh, and going beyond just us going there to pick up trash, you know, every once in a while, and 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 working through that method. So there was a lot of. Uh, uh, of visions for that and then thinking about restoration. So that was a big part of it. There's a lot of emphasis in there about connection to the waterway. So one idea, and there's, there's 85. One idea that um, is pretty interesting is that, and we broke it up into the different sections of the creek. So the Dutch Kills section, which is in Queens, um, across from Greenpoint, uh, we really focused on trying to make that more accessible. It's a the water body is no longer used for commercial purposes. There's no longer maritime traffic coming in and out. And there have been recent efforts to do more restoration in the water. Uh, City DEP has been, been sort of leading that. And also we have close partnerships with LaGuardia Community College, which is literally one block from Dutch Kills. And there's a handful of community gardens there too. So we came up with this concept of, a, of what we call the Dutch Kills Loop, which is basically a, a walkway that surrounds the water and parts of it go along, along Dutch Kills and parts of it go along other uh, potential public spaces. And so certain components of that have already been, uh, are being worked on or have been thought about for many years. And so we were able to sort of coalesce those into one bigger vision for that one section. So I think that's kind of a, an interesting, inspiring uh, vision. Some of the other ones were about uh, more restoration and some of the head tributaries. So we looked at Masspeth Creek, which also isn't used for commercial traffic, is really shallow, and doing more salt marsh restoration there and having public access. And then there was also components where we talked about ways to improve uh, industrial function of the creek. So looking at the area that's near where we are, near Whale Creek, where there's, uh, there's a lot of maritime infrastructure here. New York City has uh, sludge boat dock that's at the treatment plant, so that's a giant ship that's coming in at least once a day. We have Sims Recycling on the Queen side, uh, which has heavy operations of moving <coughs> recycling out from their site by barge. And then you have Alaco Recycling next to us, which is also doing moving out aggregates, basically soil by boat. And then you also have Metro Fuel on the other side of us too, which is moving in fuel um, by boat. And so thinking about are there ways that we could improve the infrastructure on the water to make some of these operations uh, smoother. And so we came with, you know, a vision for the Sims recycling site uh, to think about ways that they could have less environmental impact and uh, more efficient transit. Um, so, 
you know, there's a lot in there. We're really, English Kills is an interesting spot, and we came up with a pretty interesting, uh, some interesting ideas for that section, including at the very end, uh, which is, again, something that's been talked about by, for, from certain community members of there's an MTA-owned lot at the very head um, that could become publicly accessible, and you could have uh, restoration in the water and access combined with that. So, yeah, check out the report. There's a lot, there's a lot in there. So we're hoping, you know, over the, what we're doing now is sort of going through some of these projects and where we're able to kind of focusing on specific ones and uh, like the gateway to Greenpoint site was one of the, you know, is an idea that's been around for a while, obviously, because this parcel was promised. Um, but by putting in the vision plan, it sort of gives it a little bit more focus. And now we're, you know, we went and applied and got some more money from GSEF to do a planning process specifically for the gateway to Greenpoint so that we can take this, um, you know, amenity that has been promised to the community for many years. And basically the city has been waiting for us, the community, to tell them what we want with it, and uh, and so that's what we're doing now. So hopefully, and can you tell me where the gateway to Greenpoint is? Yeah, so on the corner of uh, Greenpoint and Kingsland Avenues, there's a uh, a small parcel about thirteen thousand square feet that's connected to the treatment plant. And um, when they did the upgrade of the treatment plant, this was uh, offered as a community amenity, and um, was used as staging area for a long time and basically sat empty so uh, we're excited to be working with the city on this process and coming up with a plan that they're also excited about but it's primarily driven by what the people living and working here uh, would like to see happen there so uh, hopefully we just uh, kicked it off so you know we're gonna come up with a great plan uh, by June 2019 and then hopefully the uh, forces that be in the city can can put that into motion and then a few years we can have another another green space here well, before we go, can you just talk a little bit about as the co-chair of the uh, Newtown Creek Alliance or Newtown Creek Superfund site? Yeah. Community uh, what advisory, group. advisory group. Yeah, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about what you do on that and what that group does? So the we call it the CAG Community Advisory Group um, is the main interface with EPA um, during the Superfund investigation and cleanup, and so. Um, it's part of the process of, of a Superfund cleanup is that the community has a voice um, as to what's happening. So as uh, we have uh, two co-chairs, myself and, and Ryan Quonin, and um, we have a steering committee, and then we have CAG members. And so we have like 40 or 50 CAG members. And so those are uh, people that live or work in the community and have an interest in the cleanup. Um, and so we have regular meetings with EPA, as well as the responsible parties to understand what can be often a very, not just tedious or long, but also uh, can be a very technical process. And um, you know, our job, as I see it, is really to fight for protecting human and environmental health. And so we want to ensure that most thorough cleanup uh, happens and uh, so yeah that's what we do we, we have meetings and on a regular basis they're open to the public uh, we're always trying to get more people involved uh, with with the Superfund process and um, you know it's all volunteer <coughs> it's all volunteer based and um, 
you know, we hope that a, that a good cleanup plan comes out of our efforts. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for talking with me today. Yeah. Bob. All right.